Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 309 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is an author, a speaker, and an advisor to startups. He has co-founded a variety of companies, including Hypermart.net, WebIPO, and BizEquity. And his books include Artificial Intelligence Basics, A Non-Technical Introduction, and the Robotic Process Automation Handbook, A Guide to Implementing RPA Systems. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Tom Towley. Great. Thanks for having me. Tom, that's obviously very much an overview of of who you are and what you do. But maybe you could give us a bit of an understanding of your background Mm -hmm. in tech. Yeah, my background in tech goes to the early 1980s. And I started programming when I was a, I guess, a freshman in high school. And uh, my dad bought me a computer and put it on my desk and left my room. And that was his way of saying, <laughs> his way of saying, uh, you figure it out on your own. And uh, kids have a lot of time on their hands. So I did. And I learned how to program basic and then Pascal. Uh, those were the two intro languages at the time. So with these languages, I developed my first programs. And at that, during that era, uh, there were these computer magazines that would publish uh, articles about applications and the code would be in the articles themselves. So people would actually type them. So I started publishing my programs uh, when I was in high school and uh, just fell in love with it. And then once I got into college, the funny thing is I took business courses uh, because I thought, uh, why do I need to learn about programming since I already know how to do that? And uh, it was that during that time that I got the entrepreneurial itch and realized I'm not the really the person to do a nine to five job. So I started my first business, which was how to, uh, it was Windows software to help students learn how to pass different exams. And then, and it just went from there. Uh, And in terms of my writing, that happened during the mid nineties with web IPO, I would write um, analyst reports about IPOs uh, on, on my website. And we sold the company. And then once that happened, Forbes.com said, where are your articles? And uh, I said, well, I'm not doing it anymore. And they said, well, do you want to write them for us? And I said, sure. And that's how I got started with that. Right. Okay. And you've written, obviously, from different different sites. I think you've been on Forbes, for example. Yeah, Forbes, uh, Business Week. Uh, the funny thing is my writing started uh, with uh, on .com platforms not printed platforms. So, uh, and at that time, uh, that was considered low class, uh, right? <laughs> low, low, kind of the lower part of the totem pole of writing. So if I wanted to interview somebody for an article, uh, and I said, you know, they'll go, well, do you write for the online or the printed? And I said online, they, they usually wouldn't be interested in talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's very <laughs> different now. 
Exactly, because there are no printed publications anymore. So, <laughs> exactly, uh, just yeah. by by default, uh, online is the way to go today. Precisely. But it's funny. Twenty years ago is a whole different story. It is. It's amazing how things have changed, isn't it? Anyway, right. So, Tom, can you give us a career tip? One that the audience may not be aware of, and perhaps should be. I think for me, and you know, someone the other day looked at my career, and he says, "You know, that's a very non-linear career." <laughs> and I said, you know, um, it's very true because I'm not someone to say I want to be at this point 20 years from now. Uh, I'm just more into the moment about I'm interested in doing something like this today. I'm really excited about it. I think it's be cool. So that's when I started my first business. I thought, you know, it, uh, the way I, I approach it is. At that time, students were bringing their laptops into the classroom. And I thought, well, it seems like a lot of students have computers. And uh, now they're just kind of messing around in class with them and not learning. But I thought at some point they're going to need to pass an exam. So I thought maybe maybe I should write software for that. Um, and I did. And it turned out to be a success. So I think uh, <laughs> for me, it's not about setting these lofty goals, but about doing what you really want to do, you're passionate about, and and doing it. You know, like. If it's, if it's in your head and you can't get it out of your head, then find a way to make that happen. Uh, and, you know, and that might be, you know, it might be a crazy career, but for me, it, it, it's worked out. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. So is, do you find you have a lot of ideas and then y- you act on some, but not others? Um, I've, I've, you know, I've never had writer's, writer's block. I've never had idea block. Uh, the problem is I have like too many ideas and <laughs> uh, <laughs> put it this way. Ideas are a, di- a dime a dozen. Um, the, it's the execution on that idea. It is. You know? Exactly. So, uh, you know, um, you know, so it's about doing something about it. Um, I, I know there's probably lots of people who said, well, I had that idea and well, I came up with that idea too. And, you know, and then the other sentence was, well, I probably should have done something about it. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I, I I actually have a file on my computer, my idea file, uh, you know, just to check it once in a while. But, you know, I'm, I think for me, I'm just kind of, I, I learn, I try to learn a lot of things in different areas and ideas just somehow uh, emerge from that. Yeah, it's a good idea to keep a list of ideas, definitely. And, and often to sit on them for a little while and go back. And then just to reassess them and say, is that really a good idea or not? And if it is, yeah, then maybe that's the time to act on it. Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes try to find validations for the idea. Uh, like I said, when I started, yeah, I had no idea how to start a business, or you know, at that time there wasn't Y Combinator or anything like that. But my my validation was I just saw in the classroom, in my classroom that I was at, students bringing in their computers. Yeah. And, and they're using it throughout the whole class. They're, like I said, they're, pro- they, you know, I think they're acting like they were taking notes from the teacher, but they're probably doing other things. But so. <laughs> <laughs> they had I suppose these days you can record it as well. You don't just have to take notes. So it's, there's so many things you can do. Yeah. Well, you don't have to go to the class. It's all online. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, can you share with us your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Worst career moments? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it would be going against my first role and that is not doing, you know, not, not taking the leap. Um, there, there were points in 
you know, where there are the, there were these kind of crossroads where should I go this way or should I go that way? And I also think the older you get, the the less, you know, the more risk averse you get. So, you know, probably I was probably more productive when I was younger than I am now. And part of that is just I've, I got experience. And then I overthink these overthink these things. And then, and then I, I convince myself not to do it. And I think you need to somehow try to create that blank slate and say, you know what, that's not the way to go. You know, sometimes you just, you have to, you know, take out all the clutter and, you know, say, okay, let's, let's, let's make a move here. And I think that's probably where there were some points where, you know, I had like, we're talking about these ideas. Like I had one, you know, certain ideas that really were great ideas and the timing was right, but you know, either someone convinced me not to do it or I convinced myself to, to stay away. I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and in terms of maybe flipping that into a career highlight, what, what do you think is your career highlight so far? The biggest one? Yeah. Like, uh, it was, you mentioned the hypermart that was, clearly the biggest one because uh the timing was perfect uh we were addressing a need we had the right team um yeah could you give us maybe a bit of an insight into what what hypermart was and what you did yeah so so um uh, if, if you're if you're familiar with um something like shopify uh think of it as a very crude version of a, a 1996 or 7 version of shopify um, so you could go to the website and register for a domain name um, using some very rudimentary tools. I mean, in those days, you know, uploading a JPEG could take you 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, this is a different world. But you could go there and create your own website. Um, and then we had a model where, you know, it's free if we put advertising on your website and you pay us a monthly fee if, if you don't. Um, and at that time, just, there's so many people wanted to create their own websites. Yep. Uh, and there were other companies doing that too, like GeoCities and the globe. So we were kind of in that, in that category and the timing was perfect. I mean, we did no marketing and just people signed up all day long, 24 hours a day, all around the world. We don't, we had no idea where they're, how they were coming to us. I mean, just, there was just so, so much demand for it. And it grew to the point where, you know, either we raise money um, or we sell it, and we sold it to a company called GoToNet, which became Infospace, and that was perfect timing because we sold it in early 1999, and that's really when things took off. Indeed, <laughs> yeah. So th- that's probably the highlight. Yes, yeah, it's probably the highlight. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of the future, what 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 excites you about the future of the IT industry? Um, and, and obviously things that are coming up. I know, obviously, we, we touched on the fact you've written a book about robotic process automation. So presumably that's something you have a, a definite interest in. Yeah. If you go to my Forbes.com columns and whatever I'm writing writing about, that's a good idea of what I'm interested in. <laughs> I've, you know, They provide me a lot of leeway in terms of what topics I can cover. Uh, so RPA, robotic process automation, is is one of those. Uh, I've written a book on artificial intelligence, and that's that's another category. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm curious about quantum computing. Uh, I've done a couple articles on that. Talked to some people 
in the in the industry. Um, um, uh, the other thing I'm actually interested in is mainframe computers, which may seem a little odd, um, but it's actually showing a lot of growth. And companies, these big companies that have mainframe computers, need to transform themselves. And um, they're 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 doing things that they weren't doing just a few years ago in terms of changes and rethinking the way they look at at their business. Um, so yeah, I, th- there there is no lack of you know opportunities in this area. You know, more of it is just trying to focus on. As you can tell, I, I, I look at a lot of things, but um, <laughs> from a career standpoint, you know, and sometimes I think it's about being a little contrarian. Um, you know, if everyone's telling you to be a Python programmer, you know, it might, that might be the best thing in the world for you. But, you know, go to YouTube and down and you know, check out some of the courses and just see if that's interesting. Uh, it may not be. It may not be what you want to do. Um, so, I, I, you know. Just because everyone says that's what you got to do doesn't mean, you know, that that's that's the key. Um, and because, uh, like I said, mainframe computing, there are so many opportunities there. And it's a it's a un, it's a neglected area. Um, so someone who wants to get an IT, there's you have probably a better chance of breaking in and being actually successful versus, say, you know, being a, just yet. A, you know, I don't want to, you know, say Python is not useful but there are a lot of people that know python yeah that is true yeah i mean there's opportunity for everybody obviously within that that area um but you're right there are there are certain areas which may have been neglected um that that people could potentially do very well in and of course there's obviously the emerging technologies obviously we touched on rpa as well and i and i believe i mean there's a lot of reports about that being a huge Mm -hmm. uh potential for growth Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, LinkedIn has its 20, uh, they have their annual survey of the most, the highest growth career opportunities available. The first one is AI, basically data scientists are uh, good data scientists are just highly in demand. I mean, and they don't make a lot of money. It's, but it's a lot of education. It's, it's not easy becoming a data scientist. Number two is RPA, uh, an RPA developer. That's the number two growth area for careers in IT. And um, actually, RPA is a little easier. Um, and, and it's more convenient to learn because, I mean, it, it's more structured. Uh, AI can go all over the map. I mean, there's just so much, and it's constantly changing. RPA is, you know, it's about, you know, using these tools like UiPath and Automation Anywhere to automate tedious and repetitive processes. Uh, the nice thing is that you can go to their website and download the software for free, uh, look at their videos and learn. And by the end of the day, you'll have created your first bot. I mean, it's, that, it's not that hard. Now, if you want to get sophisticated, you can go through their certifications. Once you have that, you become very marketable. Um, so that's definitely a great career opportunity. It is. It is. I, I'd love to do an episode just on RPA. I think it would <laughs> be very interesting to discuss it and what the opportunities are. But as you say, it's it's very much about automating the the manual, repetitive activities, isn't it? And and sort of re- removing those, if you like, from from people who can potentially do more productive work. Right. Right. It frees up a lot more time and hours for people to use their brains for things other than cut and paste. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you want to, if you want to spend your time days working hours, cutting and pasting and things like that. Um, I mean, most people don't. So it means that you can, you can use your brain for better things in the, in, on your, on your job. Um, so that's what RPA allows. Now, the other thing, now the reason companies love RPA is that it's, it's a lot easier than other forms of automation to implement and to get ROI is basically, you know, you don't have to install like this really sophisticated platform to start getting results. Um, it, 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 it's, it's just designed to take what you already have and just streamline it better. Yeah. Good. Okay. We're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to mm-hmm. find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for mm-hmm. this? Yeah, sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, well, like I said, it, it was when I was in high school and it was, uh, uh, I mean, I was, I was a young boy and I, I thought computers were cool. Um, yep. and, uh, fun. Uh, and you know, I could, in, in a way it's like writing it, it, you, you, you start with a blank screen and then you type a command, you know, like print hello world and then presto something prints on your screen. It's kind yes. of exciting when you're a kid. Um, and then you start really learning, you know, if then statements and loops and all those kinds of things. And before you know it, I've created my first game. Uh, and so I could just spend hours and hours just doing that. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, the other thing was uh, I live in Southern California. I was living in Southern California at the time uh, next to Caltech. And we had this computer club and my dad would bring me to that. And it was the biggest users group in the 80s probably in the United States, we had a lot of CPAs and accountants and things like that, um, that use uh, software like spreadsheets and, you know, word processors. And, uh, since we were so influential, we had people like Bill Gates. So in the early eighties, I got to meet Bill Gates, um, Peter Norton, Philippe Kahn, pretty much all the pioneers in computers. And so I just was really excited. And that just added to the excitement saying, you know, I looked at my dad and said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. So that's, and it, it's never ended. So. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Well, I got, I actually got career advice from Steve, uh, Bill Gates at that meeting. Uh, he said, you know, I said, what, what do I need to be a success in developing? And he says, you know, you should just take some, um, you know, courses like on trigonometry and, you know, get a good, good background in math. And then just start programming. And that was it. <laughs> just just start programming and try stuff out and learn on your own. And that's, yes. you know, and I thought, oh, okay. And I thought, well, I'm kind of already doing that because I'm in high school and I've taken trigonometry and I've kind of already been doing it on my own. It's kind of more verification uh, from this big guy called Bill Gates at Microsoft from Seattle. Uh, you know, maybe I'm on the right track. So, uh, and I, you know, that was great advice. So. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing too, is that, you know, we always think that you need to go through certain hurdles or certain paths to get where you want. Sometimes there are faster ways of getting there, unconventional ways of getting there. So just, just don't always accept that this is the only way to do something. It's, it's not. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really, you know, my parents were great because they basically said, just do what you want to do. So yep. they, they weren't the, the parents that said, well, you got to go to law school. 
you know, you have to, you know, finish college or whatever. I mean, all the typical stuff that a lot of parents will tell their kids, which is probably good, good advice, but still, um, uh, for me, it wasn't great advice because I just wasn't wired that way. Um, and I think they just encouraged that and just, they were fine with that. Um, you know, in terms of just, you know, bad advice, um, you know, uh, uh, for careers, um, you know, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I, I know someone in particular, you know, or someone that, you know, stands out as telling me something that was just really bad advice. Um, but I think, um, you know, I think what happens is I don't think there it's in fact, I don't think there's really bad advice. I think it's it's more about that's advice that just doesn't fit that person. Yes. No, you could be right. Yeah. So you know what? You know, going to college and afford and I did get my four year degree, by the way. But you know, Bill Gates didn't get his four year degree. But you know what? As general career advice that's pretty, it wasn't good advice. I mean, obviously it didn't work for him because he became a billionaire and highly, you know, he didn't have to go to college, but most people probably do need college to have a good career, you know? So that's probably really good advice, but for him, it wasn't. Um, so I, I don't think people go out there and just intentionally, you know, say, Oh, I'm going to give some really bad advice here. I, so I, I, I'll always listen, but then I'll say, yeah, that, that's just not for me. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's bad advice. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? If I were back in uh, like a college again? Yeah. Oh, I, I would go to Silicon Valley and uh, meet as many people as I can in technology. Everybody, venture capitalists, programmers, marketing people, salespeople, just soak it up and, and start a business. Yes. I mean, presumably you can do that to a certain extent online now. You can you can contact these people, you can, you know, engage with them, watch videos, whatever it might be. I totally, totally agree with that. But you know what? I found that, you know, social interaction goes a long way. It does. It does. And I think we've missed out, haven't we, on the last 18 months or so. Yeah. So I'm an advisor to some companies. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been out of office for a long time. In the last few weeks, we come back to the office, and I'm thinking, "Wow, you know, I, kn- I knew there were times when we had meetings that just went way too long or were a waste of time and things like that." But boy, we really did miss out on some. <laughs> That's a, just you know, walking, you know, at lunchtime and walking to, uh, to the place to eat, sitting down to eat. We probably accomplished more in that hour than we did probably in a lot of weeks that we were out of the office. <laughs> it's possible. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, you know, now, now we have, uh, you know, an actual AB testing of this. Um, and I, I actually think we're probably going to, I actually believe this hybrid approach probably makes sense, but I don't think that a hundred percent virtual approach makes sense to me either. Um, I mean, I don't think people have to be in the office all day long and every day, you know, five days a week. But I do think there has to be some some of that because I, I do think you do lose some of that uh, creativity, you know, give and take. And, um, um, and the other thing I, about, you know, you know, if you want to become a Hollywood writer, you've got to go to Hollywood. 
if you, you know, if if you if you want to be a, a tech entrepreneur, you got to go to. Doesn't mean maybe you go there forever, but you just got to. You really got to go. I mean, it shows one that you're committed to it. Two that just you you start to understand the culture. You you understand kind of the way things work there, and it's so it's actually so much faster to learn that as opposed to trying to do that online or away from it. Yes, that's true. Um, so yeah, yeah. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Uh, yeah, I you know um, right now I'm working on a book on the mainframe book, so I'm almost done with that. I'm also doing courses on mainframe, um, so this, this tells you about my nonlinear path. Uh, why you know how I would somehow wind up in mainframe in 2021 is you know probably unexpected, and most people I talk to kind of shake their head. Um, but, um, uh, that's kind of my focus right now. And I do think there's entrepreneurial opportunities, uh, in that category as well. So, um, that's something I'm thinking about. I don't necessarily have an idea at this point or something solid enough, but that's, that's a main focus for me right now. Yes. Yeah. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Non-technical skill. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I took some law, well, my, my, my business background in college was very helpful. So I took courses on law. I took courses on how to read a balance sheet and an income. It's, you know, it's, it's technical in the sense of business technical, but it's not technical in the sense of it. So that, that has proven I mean, if I had taken just a bunch of computer classes, it probably would have been mostly a waste of time for me. Uh, taking those business courses were extremely valuable. So um, the, those skills I learned from college were really helped me out, really helped me out. And what do you do to keep your career energized? You know, I, uh, well, I, I like to walk. I like to go to the gym. Uh, I don't want to be sitting down all day in front of a computer, although um, there are times when I do that. Um, so I just try to take breaks. And, um, you know, when, when, when we used to travel a lot, you know, I used to, I want to start traveling again as things get back to normal. I think that's, that's fun, fun for me. Um, so I, I try to, you know, get away from it. And also, I think, I think if you just spend way too much time on something, you do lose your effectiveness. Um, so I try to do other activities that are just, just has nothing to do with. Good. Okay. And um, Tom, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Uh, parting, you know, I think going back to what I said earlier, and I think is the most important, I think that the thing that has always worked for me is, you know, just focus on, you know, if, if, if you wake up in the morning and that's what you want to do and you, you can't almost can't wait to start doing that. Um, and that was always computers with me. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I just wake up at night and all of a sudden I get inspiration for some coding. I thought, well, I can't sleep right now. I gotta, I gotta do that right now. So I just go to my computer and start coding, you know? And then I, you know, then I go, you know, I'm working on a program right now and I, you know, I don't even really want to eat breakfast. I mean, I just want to figure this out because I, I'm on a roll, you know. And if you have that excitement, you'll go far. You will go far. Uh, it's, it's not 
easy to find that, but you usually kind of know what you like and you usually definitely know what you don't like. And if you're just going to, you know, you're going to be spending most of your time and, you know, most of your life on your career. It's not going to be, you know, with family or <laughs> you can spend, you're going to be spending a lot of time in your career. And if it's something you don't like, even though it makes you a lot of money or you get prestige, uh, I don't think it's worth it at all. Yep. And Tom, where can we find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, so I'm on Twitter uh, at T-T-A-U-L-L-I. I do have my own website uh, at T-O-M-T-A-U-L-L-I.com. If you want to reach me on my website, there's a contact form. And you can just, if you have a question, I can, you can uh, get me there. Brilliant. Or, or Twitter, or Twitter. I mean, you can message message me on Twitter. So. Excellent. Tom, thank yeah. you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been great chatting with you. Great to talk to you as well. This has been great. And I hope, you know, most most importantly, I hope, you know, some of this advice is helpful and, and good luck on your uh, career journeys out there for everyone. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.